0: Hello, and welcome to the fifth season of Scene to Song, a musical theater podcast for people who love to discuss, critique, and celebrate musicals as a literary art form. I'm your host, Shoshana Greenberg, and each episode, I'll bring on a guest to talk about a musical, musical theater writer, or a topic or trend in musical theater. And be sure to sign up for the new monthly e-newsletter, You'll get more info about the episodes and guests and more ways to engage with musical theater past and present. Sign up now at Scenetosong.substack.com to make sure it's in your inbox. My guest today is Tammy Tucky. Tammy is an Emmy Award winning filmmaker, actress, podcaster, and singer. Since 2011, Tammy has hosted, edited, and produced The Tammy Tucky Show, formerly known as The Tiara Talk Show podcast. She has also starred in over 20 theatrical productions and produced, recorded, and released her first cover album, You'll Find Me on Main Street, in 2018. Recently, she put together a reunion show with cast and crew members of the 1993 musical The Goodbye Girl for The Tammy Tucky Show on her YouTube channel. We're going to talk today about that Marvin Hamlisch, David Zippel, and Neil Simon musical The Goodbye Girl. Hey, Tammy. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So excited to have you. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to talk with you a little bit more. We
1: didn't get a chance to talk as much as I wanted after the show, but this is uh, after the cabaret we met at, but I'm so glad we get to talk now. So (laughs) this will be fun.
0: Excellent. Well, let's get started with our get to know our guest questions. So what was your first experience with the musical? I got to go to Walnut
1: Street Theater, I think around 2001. And um, it was My Fair Lady. And I had never seen the show. I'd heard some of the songs and my parents had front row seat tickets and they still do. They had them since the nineties. So I got all dressed up and went with my dad. And one of the kind um, ensemble members brought me backstage after the show to hold Eliza's uh, basket, her flower basket. So that was one of the first experiences I've ever had with a musical, seeing it in person. I'd, I'd watch Singing in the Rain and Meet Me in St. Louis. I watched everything movie-wise, but in person, like a real musical, that was the first one. <laughs> what Which musical has had the greatest impact on you? I'm obsessed with The Phantom of the Opera because the music is so lush and I think I'm not alone in this aspect with a lot of females who love this musical and um, it's just so romantic and it touches your heart in different ways because you know you feel for the phantom and there's all this all these different dynamics going on with it so I love I love the Phantom of the Opera for the story, but also Andrew Lloyd Webber at his peak with the music. It, it, I can listen to it all the time. I sing it all the time. Like that's the musical that's the musical. I sing probably the most out of anything when I'm just like you know walking around the house.
0: <laughs> nice. What is a musical? People would be surprised to find out you love and why would they be surprised? So there was a musical, it was
1: actually one of Walt Disney's last live action movies he did, which was The Happiest Millionaire with Leslie Ann Warren and John Davidson and Tommy Steele. And it's an obscure musical for Disney. It's very weird. It's about a family from Philadelphia, the Biddle family. And it's about uh, the daughter having this relationship with another um, aristocratic family in New York. And it's just very weird. I don't know how to describe it. It's it's about an unusual family, unique family. And I always connected with the daughter Cordelia because she always felt like an outsider and that she never fit in with um, girls her age. So I always connected with her and the music was so much fun cause it was the Sherman brothers. And I had a big crush on Tommy Steele. So, and my mom loved John Davidson. So we would watch it all the time. So <laughs> I had Tommy Steele and she had John Davidson. So, and uh, it's, and it's a romantic love story. And, and the actors in this film are, you know Greer Garson's in it, Fred McMurray's in it. And you have all of these really talented people And it's a weird dynamic, but it works. I don't know how to explain it. So if you ever get a chance to see it, I think it's on Disney+. Plus. It's weird, but just go with it.
0: (laughs) Definitely want to check that out. That sounds really fun. Who is your favorite hero character or protagonist in a musical? And who is your favorite villain or antagonist?
1: Um, I think for the protagonist, I think Fanny Bryce kind of rounds that up for me because I feel pretty much all women can identify with her in her struggle. She, she wants to be successful in life for me. I, I, as she wants to be the greatest star, I always sometimes feel that way too. Um, I'm not going to be a liar about that. I do. <laughs> but then she also wants to have love and have a rom- romantic relationship with someone and a, and a life with them. And I feel like that character, her storyline is so thorough in the musical. And then it's just really tied together in the film where it, it's really brought out. And I, I feel like it's probably one of the best female roles, especially because it's not the typical ingenue part. So I always loved Fanny. For antagonist, um, I kind of want to, I guess it's a little bit cheating, um, but I, I love The Hunchback of Notre Dame and I got to see the stage version. Oh. And I love the Frollo in that. I love The Frollo in the Notre Dame de Paris, uh, which is the French version, and I love the Frollo in the in the uh, movie version, obviously. So there are three different Frollos that I love, and I think they all kind of have this weird weird dynamic where you love to hate them. You understand where they're coming from, but they're just so sinister and evil that it scares you a little bit. I remember the Hellfire sequence when I was a a kid scared me, but I I just couldn't turn away. That was like when Disney villains were were you know, notorious for having the best song in the film, but also scaring you. (laughs) So, um, and I, I think, and I would love, I would love if that would ever be a chance for a female to play that role, because I think it would even add another layer to it, but that's like a juicy, that's a juicy character that anybody would want to jump in and, and portray at some point. So I would say Frollo.
0: What is your favorite musical that
1: no one else has heard of? So this one's called Whistle Down the Wind and it's also an Angeloid Weber musical. And the only reason I know about it is it first came out in uh, they did a tri- test trial of it in West Washington DC in 96, 97 and then they brought it to West End in 98, didn't do well, they recorded the album, that's what I'd heard. And then they did a national tour here in America in about like 2006, 2007. And my uncle had an extra ticket, so he took me. And it's this—it's uh, based on the story of the Haley Mills film, where basically these children think that this um, um, this man who has run away from uh, from the law uh, is Jesus and they want to protect him. And then there's this dynamic that happens between this girl who just lost her mother, who thinks he's truly Jesus and thinks he'll be able to bring her back to life. And it's a really weird concept, but the music was so beautiful. And it was, it, it was emotionally different. And, and I I don't know how to really explain it. I know the whole show's up on, on YouTube now, the Washington DC version, but um, the one I saw was with Eric Coons, who was fantastic as the man. And um, it really stuck with me as a kid, because I didn't know what to think of it, because there are so many different dynamics. It's about God, it's about hatred, it's about um, innocence, and it's about um, uh, forgiving yourself. So, um, and it's, you know, with the music of Jim Steinman as well, too, and his work with Andrew Lloyd Webber. So really stuck out with me as
0: one that, uh, but a lot of people don't know about it. They may have heard some of the songs, but Interesting. Well, I'll definitely have to check it out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is a moment in a musical that you think gets to a complex emotional state you didn't think was possible to get to? So I'm going to go back to Whistle Down the Wind. Um, there's a
1: moment at the end of the show, and this isn't doesn't really provide any spoilers. It's more of throughout the show, the 16-year-old and this man have built on this relationship of Um, she truly thinks he's Jesus. And then towards the end of the show, she's questioning it. And they have this conversation called um, the nature of the beast, the finale. And they kind of both come to this, this um, emotional conclusion that they both understand each other and see each other as whole and as a good person. And instead of, because you, 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 there's always this, this question of, will he take advantage of her for her morales and, and for who she is and how she believes in him? And he doesn't. And that kind of sets the tone for the finale, which is its own little thing. So that was, that was, and, and listening back to it, it's just, it's very emotional and, and very touching. So I, I, it, and it, it's so complicated because it's like, it's these different feelings of love and appreciation and friendship and how do they all mesh together. And it's an unusual relationship shown on stage, which you don't usually get.
0: Great. Let's move on to our topic, which is the musical, The Goodbye Girl, which is also- could be a favorite musical that no one else has heard of because I, yeah not a lot of people know <laughs> this show, talk about this show, and I'm really excited because I have been waiting for somebody to talk about this uh, musical on the podcast for a long time. So.
1: <laughs> I know, I'm excited. I was like, when am I going to be able to talk about this with anybody too? Because- but- <laughs> nobody knows what it is
0: <laughs> I know well um yeah so I guess we can just start with uh it's a, a Marvin Marvin Hamlish and David Zippel uh score uh Neil Simon book uh pro- probably people know the movie of the Goodbye Girl from 1977 also Neil Simon and with Richard Dreyfuss and Marsha Mason and so that, that's a pretty well-known movie, but they made a musical of that movie in 1993 uh, with Bernadette Peters and Martin Short in his Broadway debut. So, but the show did not do well closed after a few months. It's not, not like a, it's not like a notorious or flop. Like
1: it closed a couple days. Like it, right. I think it said almost like Six months, I think they said on the podcast interview I did with the cast, yeah. her, I think.
0: Yeah. So you um, so let's talk, I guess, about your experience with the show um, and your your history with it. So I found out about the show very recently,
1: probably as of August or September of last year, mm-hmm. only because I was watching an interview that Martin Short and Chevy Chase were talking about the show. And I was like, I didn't know that Martin was on Broadway other than his Fame Becomes Me. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I had no idea. And I was like, okay, well, what is this you know, musical about? And so I was just listening to the music and I fell in love with the music. And I didn't know it was a movie. So I watched the movie. There's no bootleg of the musical online. So basically I just listened to the soundtrack through and uh, there was a script copy online of the musical. So I just read it and was kind of going through it and I got a picture of it. And then I contacted somebody from the musical, Lisa, who was one of the kids in the musical, one of the few kids. And I was like, I would love to do a reunion because I really truly love this musical. And so that happened just recently. um, two weeks ago where we did a reunion with some of the cast and crew and during the process of putting that together, um, somebody had came, had come forward and had two copies of the show and they sent them over to me so I could at least see like what everybody got to see in 1993, oh which gosh. was fantastic. So, and then I'll give it back to you because you actually got to see it. So
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's so cool that you um, were able to watch it that way. I, yeah. So I did see the show. Um, I was 10 years old. Uh, it, I think it was like a, a present from my mom for like graduating fifth grade, <laughs> fifth grade or something, <laughs> um, because I was it was like the height of my Bernadette Peters obsession. I like she was my favorite actress. Uh, so I think I saw it in this like July of ninety three. Maybe like a, right before it ended. Yeah, I guess that was like a month or a few weeks before it closed or, or something. Wow, you
1: got in there. You oh, got yeah, to see it, I great.
0: <laughs> yeah. So my mom took me and uh, being at the theater, we went to the stage door. I got like a, them all to sign my poster. I was a kid, so I didn't know like. I I couldn't like pick out like the problems with the show or anything, or like why it might have not been received well or anything like that. I just was like a kid and I loved the show. I was like so excited to see Bernadette Peters. I was so excited to see like kids my age, like contemporary kids on stage my age. That was a big deal because I, I was thinking about this, like there aren't that many shows where at least there weren't back then of like kids who were like contemporary kids who were like 10 11 years old like yeah. you get like you have like annie which is like historical or like um, Sound of music as well which is which is fine like it's fun to, you're still seeing kids you know on stage but it was so cool to see like These kids are my age and like, they're literally like playing somebody my age in 1993, you know? I
1: like how they did pull it from the seventies to the
0: nineties. I think that worked. (laughs) I had the cast recording. I was, you know, always listened to it. Um, I, I think that the cast recording really holds up. Um,
1: Oh gosh, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Um, and then like, of course I learned later that it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't received well and closed early. Oh. And I also you had on a VHS tape from 1993 that um, Pat Collins special that, like, oh. where they go backstage and there's all that footage of the, of the sets and the sets and, and like the story of the show. So I would also watch that video a lot. So I still have that poster. It still sits in my um, childhood bedroom.
1: That's really cool.
0: <laughs> a teacher of mine in grad school um, once brought it up in a in a lyric writing class of uh how something not to do <laughs> for the song. And oh. I was like, oh, I never thought about that because in my mind like this show is great.
1: <laughs> do you remember what lyric it was because yes. because I'm actually pretty pretty happy with most of the lyrics in the show, but
0: yeah, so and it's something I only like think about later is is um Paula's songs. And this is something I'm, you know, when we get into like, you know, what maybe didn't work so well about the show. My thoughts on that are: um, I think, with the exception of the song "How Can I Win," her other songs, "No More" and "What a Guy," the, I don't like those lyrics. And and this and this is actually um, for listeners Robert Lee, who was a who has been on the podcast. So he said that uh, the. No, the song no more is an example of it's supposed to be her I want song in the show but it's actually only talking about what she doesn't want and you never you never really hear what she does want because mm. she's just saying like no more of this no more of this I'm gonna close myself off like I'm gonna build a wall around my heart no
2: Should not be recalled or all overhauled. Most men have backbones like a strand of overcooked linguine. Just say commitment and they instantly become Houdini. When I look back upon the men I've loved up far.
0: I love that song like uh, yes yeah like I
1: think I think the music stands out in the songs that are problematic
0: Mm -hmm. for sure so like musically I love it um but then when I really think about the lyrics and the context I I think like yeah you know you never you never really hear what she wants it's only like I don't want I don't want to date you know, an actor. I don't want
1: I don't want to do and she like, does anyway. Right, so it's right. like
0: <laughs> another actor, like no in a no circle. More, no more, you know. And <laughs> so I think that it becomes an issue with the show. Although there is there is an opening number that's not on the cast recording that I and I don't know why it's not on the cast recording. I can't remember if they mentioned that. That was
1: the original first number where it was just um, Bernadette's daughter in the show and her two friends. And that was the original song and the music was actually really good. We we were playing a section of it on the show and Mm. then they did, um, nothing can be better than this. I think that's, that, that's, that's the song that's, that they must've added after they already did the album. And, and when I saw the, um, the version that they did in 97 at Walnut street theater, they kind of, um, changed the show in a, in a different way. And they still had that number in the show. And so I got to see what that was because I I didn't see it on the other um uh video of the of the 93 version so but yeah you're right it it's it it, that sets that sets the tone and then the no more kind
0: of is very um I guess angry but yeah let's talk let's talk more we'll get more to like stuff that we think the show why the show doesn't work but let's talk more about what's what's really great about the show, which is a lot, um, I think. So I guess, like, when you heard it, like, what, what were some things that stuck out to you about, like, why why this show is working?
1: I think the 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 placement of having Martin and Bernadette opposite one another really does work. Apparently, they had not worked with each other before, but they had known of, of, of each other. That dynamic works great. You know what I mean? Even if you have um, uh, maybe a week show, I think it elevates with the talent you have. So I think both of them and, and it sounded like from the interview I did with the cast and crew that, you know, Martin would ask to add things. And he had also didn't did a separate interview where Neil Simon, um, he was explaining how he was talking with Neil Simon and his entrance was like, not, There, like if she just came out clapping and then he would knock on Bernadette's door Mm -hmm. and so Neil Simon was like you know what why don't you try this tonight and so Martin came out and he went New York wonder if they'll ever clean it up or something (laughs) like along those lines right and that was the joke and that set the tone of his character as opposed to him just going up to the door and knocking on it so that make that makes sense so I think um and 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 again you know he was they're working with each other to make each other laugh too so i think like that also builds it up too
0: you know from remembering the movie um which i never i don't think i ever actually watched straight through i as a kid i watched i started to watch it cuz i was you know into the sex you wanted
1: to know like what yeah, yeah.
0: and yeah. i just like couldn't get through it i think <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, I think it was the scene, I'll never forget this scene, yeah, that um she is walking home with groceries in New York, uh you know, oh. New York, and these people just like come up to her, steal her groceries, and like, sh- and, you know, run away. And that was too upsetting for me. <laughs> and I was so like, then he, Yeah, then
1: he goes after and he tries to help. And then she yells at him for trying to help to go get the groceries. And I'm like, that's where it doesn't work in the movie, but they do have a really good chemistry when they do the, the rooftop scene. Like I could see what the rooftop scene in the movie to me works better than the musical version because the rooftop scene is like much more, I I guess more quiet. And, 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 and like, there's a, there's finally like that mutual attraction that they kind of admit, okay, this is, you know, this is where we are. And so that's the one thing I, I, did prefer in the movie. And Richard Dreyfus is just so charismatic and Marsha Mason's just so pretty and, and gorgeous. And I think like the Paul character sometimes comes off as, as, um, a little bit too angry. Mm-hmm. And, and I get why Bernadette was upset because she felt like that's her character and she didn't want to be seen as nasty and everything. And, and my thing is, well, you can have, let me give you an example. I said, you can have a movie like The Emperor's New Groove where Cusco is a majorly nasty person at the beginning of the film. Mm -hmm. But there's this sense of he um, has this, you know, charisma that is attracting to it, even though he's really nasty. But then by the end of the film, he has gone through a journey. So that would have been interesting if they had done that for Paula in where maybe she might've not been, you know, uh, like the most perfect woman in all the world and was downtrodden and you know really upset and everything and still very angry but if she could grow and understand where she could be and appreciate what she has especially you know more focusing on her daughter and
0: um, appreciating and being nice to others. I think it could have worked. That's so interesting. And I think because I stopped the movie when her groceries got stolen and I didn't see mm-hmm. the rest of it. I only yeah. have the musical rooftop version in my head, but what I do like about the musical uh, rooftop version and the Paula song that they sing together on the rooftop um, where you, you do see her, um, uh, Paula finally kind of like opening up and having fun and singing. They're singing together. Yeah. and Like they're kind of matching each other. Like one, th- I love about that song. Da- I mean, David Zippel's lyrics, um, which we can get into in more detail, but they're very witty, very rhymy. And so you have him, Elliot, Martin Short's character, as just like this very he's just like a very witty person and so he's you know rhyming a lot and then you see her kind of match him in that moment with you know she's also rhyming a lot and you know you kind of come together in that way um like they finally like like they're a good match for each other because they can improv yeah like, <laughs> she's uh, finally
1: letting it happen
0: yeah they can talk that way and you know they found someone to talk that way with
1: may
3: i have this dance
0: you already took it but now
3: a gershwin tune no 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 a garfield melody You wrote a song not yet i love improvisation Hola. On my knees, you're so much taller, but to please you, I would crawl across the New Jersey Turnpike. She makes my tail begin to wag, and nothing on earth could improve her. And if my lyrics make you gag, I'll apply the Sondheimlich Maneuver. Paula, there's no need to overhaul her.
2: I am ready to install
3: her in my heart. Yeah! So let's get wise and improvise some great theatre We'll split a pizza, hit the sheets a little later Near Paula, my damn electrocardiogram jumps the chart
2: You sing to me and I'm elated You might say ad-liberated Though it's impromptu, I'm too calm to sweat the serenade that you concocted is what the doctor prescribed. And his prescription's inava. Till I thrill every syllable.
0: You do lose like kind of the the quieter uh, aspect of it from the film, I guess, but uh but I and do- the most relatable line in that
1: that mute, that song is we'll split a pizza, hit the sheets a little later. And it's like, anybody wants to just Netflix and chill. And right. that's like pizza and chill. Yeah, <laughs> And it's so like, it's, and that's it's so rel- like relatable, you know what I mean? You just are like, yes, that's exactly what couples do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it occurs to me that we should probably, for those who don't know the The movie or musical um just explain what this kind of like the setup is to this to the story um uh in terms of how he comes to into her life because that i guess that um is kind of an important detail paula who has this like 12 year old i think she's 12 12 year old daughter are living in the apartment of her boyfriend who, who she's going to, like, move with to California. And he's an
1: actor. He's, he's got a actor. big movie coming up.
0: Yeah, so she, they're going to move with him there. And so he has sublet the apartment to somebody. And right before they're about to leave, he she sees a note from him that's like, we're breaking up. Like, you, you don't come or, you know, something like that. So not only is she, like very upset and sings the no more song which we reference the subletter arrives uh who is this martin short's character elliot garfield and also an actor and he's like i am subletting i live here and she they have to you know there's nothing they can do and he Let's them graciously
1: allows them to stay first of all they have nowhere else to go yeah there's the and he's like well i'm not gonna kick you out so he you know he says yeah well there's gonna be my rules but you can stay and he's and the reason he's there is because he's supposed to be the star of his own show king king richard so he's that's his main focus and priority
0: right he's he's an actor who's in town because he yeah he has a show and that's that's the so that's the the setup. So, uh, and and of course, they butt heads in the, <laughs> in for most of Act One, and then uh, yeah. as Act Two unfolds, they, or I guess toward and towards the end of Act One, they they start to come kind together. of lighten up. Yeah. yeah, she she directs
1: her anger from the ex boyfriend at him, which yeah. I always was bothered by because. I at some point in the in the movie he kind of lays it on her like you have got to stop. I'm trying to be nice and you're just vicious and he, and and that's what we're all thinking in the audience when we're watching that scene. It's like he's totally right. You know what I mean? And and I think that's where that there that's the problem in the story is like i feel like that conversation doesn't really happen in the show
2: mm, but yeah. maybe it
1: may i'm trying to remember where and if it is even placed because some of the dialogue is verbatim from the film so but um i feel like there needed to be a scene earlier on and probably act one because paula can come off as as really nasty if it's not played a certain way and i again another reason probably bernadette really did not, you know, like the character at first, you know what I mean? Cause it's just, it's, it's really, it's really angry. And, and it's understandable because if we've all been through heartbreak and when you get, you know, that happens to you obviously you're really mad, but when you're directing it at somebody who is who is so charismatic and you're like, oh my God, I love this guy. It doesn't, it it, it it's off-putting. It doesn't, it doesn't work because you're like, well, how does she not see? But I guess that's kind of the fun part of when she starts, you know, who would have thought is that sequence where it's like, yeah. oh, well, maybe I might, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it's still a little mean. I don't know. I I hate, I'm not a big fan of people being mean. Maybe that's why.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good point. Like, yeah, that the musical doesn't really address that, that part of it. Like she sings no more. And then that it's kind of. You don't feel for her. Yeah
1: maybe they could have done like a montage at the beginning where it's like she gets the letter but instead of her singing that ballad um, at that point in time it's kind of like a montage where she's watching and it, the dancers can be involved where the dancers are playing out her story and mm-hmm. then the story leads into the scenario that they're in now is he's gone bye, you know what I mean something mm-hmm. like that I don't know I th- I'm just trying to think of ways that it could be you know, it could still make us the audience feel for her because that's the hardest part of any show, especially when you have somebody who's so angry is how do you feel for this person who's just, ah, you know, mad and screaming about it. So you kind of have to like, you know, give the audience something to work with. And I don't think, um, Paula was given that. And you were saying that the music and the lyrics are probably the other highlight of the show. I was just going to say, do you have a favorite, um, lyric from the show?
0: I really love uh, the song Elliot Garfield Grant, which is (laughs) the song where he he first arrives and he's going to let them stay. And she starts in with like, okay, well, these are the rules of the house. Like this is, you know, these are my rules. And he's like, no, I'm in charge. So these are my rules. And it just goes off. (laughs) It's like this really, like hers is very like, her part's very like calm and And meticulous Meticulous. yeah meticulous and his part is just like a storm came through you pay for
2: phone calls laundry linen and utilities i don't make beds or clean i'm not your chambermaid you'll use the kitchen and the powder room facilities when i'm not in them and when all your bills are paid I want no drinking, drugging, and smoking on the premises. Spare us your vulgar, loud, off-Broadway cavalcade. Disturb my daughter, and you'll find no greater nemesis. And stick to language out of Disney on parade. My rules are clear. We'll both pretend that you're not really here. My rules. Oh, Kurt, just follow them and no one will get hurt. No. No? I'm not happy with the arrangements.
3: Don't speak. I need your attention. I'm not gonna say this twice. I'm your landlord, and this piece of paper says you gotta treat me nice. Lady, I'm the one with the rule book who'll say what you can do and can't Cause you're living on an Elliot Garfield An Elliot Garfield Grant God love him You're living on an Elliot Garfield An Elliot Garfield Grant Push me and you'll discover that you're gonna be exiled You're the guest of my private foundation You and your poster child I'm the one who's given the orders A not to come come coming out, tan hot, you're living on an Elliot Garfield, an Elliot Garfield grand
2: Look at the
3: gutter and know they're bought for the grace of Elliot outside its heaven.
0: I love that, um, Marvin Hamlish's music there, like his, that, um, that drive that, that he has in his, um, that Elliot has in his part, um, where I feel like you just really, like, it's, you really get their characters, um, you really like him, I think, in that moment, uh, at least I do, um, oh yeah, yeah, because he's just like, uh, He's
1: so full of himself. Like, the character is all about ego. So, you know what I mean? You're like, okay, you know, I I got you. I got you. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like Cusco. Character's all about ego and, you know, but you like, you like, you like Elliot. kind of absurd, but
0: but he's also like kind of right. Like he, he came to, yeah. listen to and, <laughs> but he's saying things like I sleep in the nude. Uh,
1: so yeah, there's some dialogue where you're like, I don't, but again, that's from the film.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: he goes, a nude, a buffo is right, how right. Richard Dreyfus says it. So, so Neil Simon really was taking a lot from his film, which I think sometimes is detrimental to the musical because, while it might work on film from 1977 it's 1993 and and that's where we'll get to that too but you know i that's the only thing where i think it doesn't work the one lyric i really like is from who would have thought where bernadette says who would believe i'm enough of a fool to be taking the plunge after draining the pool we can learn to be friends but that's just where it
2: ends who would believe I'm enough of a fool to be taking the plunge after draining the pool. We gotta learn to be friends, but that's right where it ends. All that
3: I know is, is that just down the hall, in the very next room, room through this paper thin wall, wall, there's a creature I hate that I can't, can't wait, wait to wake up and see. Who, who would have thought, thought that?
1: And I love the the drain in the pool. I'm like, oh, it's yeah. such a like you could picture it in your head. And you're like, yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's such a good line. I mean, I love the lyric also for uh, how can I win if I'm not on my. Oh, story. yeah, because I think that's Paula's song. I think
2: it's
1: I think it's actually after an argument she has with Elliot and it's in act 1 That's 1 okay. because she okay, reprises yeah. it after he comes home drunk from a uh, king richard play mm-hmm. not going well in the second act
0: yeah, okay. um
1: she kind of sings it to him while he's like falling asleep and saying how can you win if
2: mm-hmm. you're not
1: on your side and and so now her like her 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 dynamic is kind of changing into Being more emotional and and for him.
0: Like, yeah, I think that's her best song for sure. It's a very simple lyric and but emotional. And emotional, like, it really gets to the heart of Paula.
2: How can I dare to feel again if I can't let go of past mistakes I've made living through? reach or deal again the faith that I misplaced the price I overpaid I've been able to let deal enough but I must not want The cure enough I get back on my feet and sure enough If I'm not on my side ¡Gracias! Claro.
1: See, that moment is so important because if that would have started the show, that would have been more interesting because all of us can connect to that. Again, we can all connect to that in some other point or other, because sometimes we don't feel good about ourselves and look in the mirror and go, oh, who could ever want this? Or, you know what I mean? Like, what am I doing? I'm not even where I'm supposed to be. Uh, And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not even, I'm not even supporting myself at this point. And we're, we're, you know what I mean? And so we all have been at that point. And again, like that, if that could be moved mm-hmm. to the the first song that she had, that would be, that would, that would set her character and you'd be like, okay, got it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And
1: um, that would be perfect.
0: Yeah. Like it's, it's self-aware, but like in a way, like it's a, it's a discovery song. Like I, yes. I'm discovering this about myself. That's why yeah. I was
1: sad that the reprise is not on the album either. I think there's another reprise that what's her name carol sings carol woods she uh, does
0: another reprise of that one i think too mrs. Crosby does she because she does the there's that sequence in the beginning of act two where it's like the they're i guess they're filming a, is it like a commercial where they're the junk food and they're we're too good to be bad and then she, carol uh mrs crosby sings her version of that uh, yes. Lucy, the daughter to like, get her to do her homework or something. I always yeah. think it's funny when I listen to that on the album, because I, if I didn't know the show and I was just listening to those, like they're cute songs, but I feel like I would be like, what is no like, clue. There's nothing going on here.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like- that, that's disappointing to me. Cause I, I actually, I, I, that song and the King Richard, I just cannot take. <laughs> at all. I don't, I, I, I do really do skip them. And it's not because of the performances. It's just who cares? <laughs> like, how does this drive the story? Why does this make sense to make fun of Paula in second act dressing up as a French fry? I, I and Carol deserves a much better song to sing. Yeah. So I'm like, I love, and I do like her character. I feel like they could have done more with that, you know?
0: Yeah. She's, um, is she like the, is she the landlord or just a neighbor? Yeah. She, 11. she
1: owns the building and, and she said, that's, that's where the reprise comes in because they the, what's his Martin, Elliot and Paula have been fighting. And she's like, oh my gosh, the good news is they're in the room. And then bad news is they're still in my room because <laughs> it's my place. You know, it's something like that. I forget how it goes again. And that one's not even on the album, but
0: yeah. I'm, every time I listen to it, I'm like people who not don't... what I want to see. Yeah. Not it's what I want to like see. They're... It's just like a lull where like there's nothing happening.
1: If- and it was supposed to be like a striptease number originally because the costumes commercial. were yeah. different. Yeah, they were, and they were like these really beautiful like slinky one pieces. And then they gave them a physical hamburger, a physical cupcake, and a physical French fry to dress up as. And you're yeah. like, are we in an SNL? <laughs> like,
0: yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. <laughs>
1: I guess we yeah. should go into what doesn't work about the show now, since we're. I'm sorry, I'm like
0: going right no, into it. No, that's where we are. That's definitely where we are. So you had <laughs> mentioned the Richard the Third play. So at the end of the first act, uh, the Act One finale is uh, the the play that Elliot's in, and it's some weird thing. I, I I remember as a kid, I was very confused by this too. Like it just really, it's um, humor. It's a sense of humor.
1: That was back in the 70s and it's now coming back in 93.
0: <laughs> I so. guess so. Because basically the, it's like the joke is that it's like this avant-garde director who they're doing Richard the third and he's playing Ri- he's playing Richard. And, yeah, I mean, Elliot's playing Richard. Yeah. yeah. And the director wants him to do it as a what is it? A w- man playing a woman playing a man. Is that what it is? Yeah, and then the film. That-
1: in the film, I thought I remember them saying that in real life, apparently King Richard might have been gay. Uh-huh. So again, they were trying to add that, and and I was like, what What are we doing? So yeah. yeah, that that whole thing is happening, and it
0: is like a it's supposed to be for it's supposed to be humorous that like this director is is crazy and he's having him do it this but way. But the joke is
1: that yeah. he's gay. And you're like, well, that's not a funny joke anymore. So right. that's why it, it doesn't work at all. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, how could they fix that entire sequence? Because in the film, when you do see Elliot after the show, like he's absolutely devastated because he truly, and you feel for him. Yeah. You know what I mean, whatever happened before in that stage show is like atrocious, but he was just being Doing what he was told to do. I think it might work, even maybe if he actually has major stage fright Mm. um, instead. You know what I mean? Have that be a thing where he forgets his lines. You know what I mean? Do something that actually (laughs) actors—it happens. We get nervous and we forget everything. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, and also right, and also there's there's plenty of ways to have like a really bad directorial vision put on a play that's not like dealing with Carrie. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like dealing with gender and, um, the joke should be on the director.
1: The joke should be the director is God awful. Right. right. And, and they don't know what they're doing because we all say that our bosses, they don't know what they're doing. Da, da, da. Right. So yeah, that's where the joke should be, but it just doesn't hit at all. yeah And I remember reading an article that that was even a, that uh, the cast told me and the crew told me, yeah, that was a questionable thing even at the time. yeah And I read an article, um, where it's uh, like Neil Seidman was Neil Simon was adamant about keeping it at, he wanted to keep the script from the musical, the, the the movie, the way it was. Cause he was like, it's perfect. It's, it won Academy Awards. It's, it's what it is. And, um, and they asked Martin Short about it. And and he, he there's like no way he, he can defend it. He's just like, I'm kind of just doing what I've been given. And, and I'm sure people had said things. There was so much going on for listeners who don't know. There's so much going on behind the scenes with the creative team. The problem that happened with the show is there's so many hands in the pot mm-hmm. and it just did not work because of that, because everybody wanted a little bit of something else and the cast and crew couldn't really do anything about it. You know what I mean? It was the creative team that was kind of holding everything back. And it was really hard because when you have a lot of egos and a lot of talented, darn downed people in that team, there's no way to kind of move forward and, and get a a good show together. So I, I, I feel for the cast and crew because again, they're, they're, they're doing exactly what they're given. And that's exactly what happens to Elliot. He's doing exactly what he's given. Right? (laughs) You're like, Oh, so, uh,
0: no, that's true. It's a little met. It's a little meta in that moment there. (laughs)
1: Yes, it doesn't work. So, and, and, and again, I really, I'm wondering, because again, it's still something that can be done by MTI. They allow the show to be done and there's nothing changed in it. Although David Zippel did a show maybe two years, he said later, where they changed a little bit of the the, the, the script and made it tighter and it worked and a lot of people liked it and gave it good reviews. I couldn't find anything more detailed on that. I just heard yeah. him on a podcast. Hmm. So my thing would be like, it would be great if somebody who has big star name could take the show and be like, okay, we need a different book. You know how, um, funny girls coming out. So Harvey, um, Firestein, Firestein, he's, he's gonna, he's, he's, I didn't know he's doing a whole new new book book, and you have to, because of things have changed. But again, how are you going to do that when it's Neil Simon and you don't want to and then Neil's passed away. Marvin's passed away. David's still around, but he doesn't really have, it sounds like good feelings about the show. So it's like, how can you, How can you do that without everybody getting mad? And I would just, I would love to see how they would be able to handle that. It's a hard one.
0: Yeah, I did see, what's this like five years ago? 54 Below uh, here in New York did like a concert that I went to with, you know, of the show and Santino Fontana was Elliot and Kate Baldwin was Paula and uh, David Zippel was there. Um, Oh, really? And I'm pretty sure. Uh, I saw him and so it made me think like, oh, is he like, uh, you know, maybe he wants to work on this a little more or maybe he was just seeing it out of, you know, this yeah, is I wanted
1: show. to see how is yeah.
0: <laughs> because I'm sure
1: like I had asked him to be on my show and and his team respectfully declined. Yeah. So but again, that's kind of a caught cross the board for a lot of the big names with it because it, it wasn't the best experience. Right. Um, but, you know, some of the cast and crew are like, we loved hanging out with each other. Right, right you know what I mean? Um, And I think that also plays in part. So the cast and crew, you know, a lot of the dancers are fantastic. I think one of the things that works about the show is Um, a beat behind which is Paula um, going back to dancing as in her 30s um, with all these 20 year olds not saying you can't do it but it is it is harder (laughs) that whole sequence is so funny and fun because you have a talented array of dancers and you use them in the first act and then they're like disappeared until the very end of the second act and again that's where the show doesn't work because where are they? I want to see the dancers again.
0: <laughs> right. It is interesting how like, yeah, like instead of that commercial, like there could have been another dance thing she was doing. I I don't know, like because she becomes a choreographer at
1: the end. I'm like, "Wait, where are her what are her wants?" As yeah, you said, what is right. her want? She wants to be a choreographer. What it what is her goal as a performer? Does, she yeah. doesn't want to dance anymore. If she wants to be a choreographer, why didn't we just give her a shot where she does um, Choreograph something that doesn't go well or I, I don't know I don't know I'm I'm just trying to think outside yeah. the box maybe she choreographed something that Elliot did uh, because mm-hmm. he got her the job and it didn't go well and and but it, but he blames himself and I don't know I, I, I want the dancers in there again I, yeah. I think they're so darn talented
0: yeah just want to talk again about Marvin Hamlish's music because uh I just when he passed away, I guess it was 10 years ago now, but, um, hard to believe too. Like, Wait, that went by so quickly. (laughs) I know. And I kept, when they were, you know, talking about his work and like memorializing him, I kept waiting for the goodbye girl to like show up, you know, on something to, he also, that he also did this show, but I guess it was just, he has so many hits and well-known musicals that they weren't
1: going to feature it at all
0: that this was just such a like low level, like don't bother. But I just, I think his music for it is so great. Definitely feel good. It's
1: very feel good music, the whole entire show, except like the, you know, emotional moments.
0: Yeah. I was just, I, I was just like really hoping for his music to be from, from the goodbye girl to be, um, Mentioned it's really like this show got swept under the rug, except we do have this great cast recording that's out there that people can listen. Thank to. god, yeah,
1: um, <laughs> some the, shows don't get a cast recording right. at all.
0: Um, and the, that, that news program that I mentioned, that we, um, with all like the behind the scenes, that's up on YouTube as well that people can watch. They were um, really
1: hyping it up because, again, why would they do a news program if they didn't yeah. really oh. think it was going to be?
0: Yeah. I mean, it was home nice run. to be, yeah, like this big hit, Um, I had, you know, with the Broadway stars and Martin Short was like a big star. Um, Bernadette Peters, a, you know, big Broadway. And this fan. was
1: like Broadway before being Disney-fied, as they said, as they say, you know, because Beauty and the Beast, I think, didn't come out till like the next year.
0: Yeah, like 94, I guess. I and, and
1: Broadway was different back then because it was not really geared towards, you know, kids and everything like that. So it was more of like an adult centered community yeah. of people coming no, to see it. So. That's
0: true. Yeah. And I think my mom thought this, you know, this was a great show for me to go to because it was like Bernadette Peters in a show with kids. <laughs> and it, you know, it had Marvin Hamlish. I mean, David Zippel had done City of Angels. Like these were out like Neil Simon, like all like really big names. So it was definitely and Michael Kidd and was Michael doing Kidd. some of
1: the he well he came in later. Yeah. But again, you have a name.
0: <laughs> right. It's like it was all names, uh, Graciela, Daniela, and like choreography mm. and like nothing worked, nothing gelled, I guess, and nothing um and the show it's a shame. Yeah. I remember reading the reviews. I mean and I kind of agreed with them a little bit cuz they one I at least the one I remember reading from the New York Times was talking about like yeah how Paula is more like uh the character is more like uh what you would imagine an early 90s woman to say instead of like really getting into her desires and and her as like a character um which is a shame because you know where do
1: you find a musical where you don't have a young ingenue being the lead it's Mm -hmm. it's a 35 year old woman who already has a child yeah and that's a that's that's something that really is not talked about it's just accepted which is fine But wouldn't it be interesting to hear about that too, because if you're 35 and you have a 12 year old, well, technically she's, she's like eight in the, in the movie. So, you know what I mean? Like, but the child comes in at a time where she was at her peak in dancing and she had to stop dancing, obviously to have the child. And that's an interesting conversation and, and story plot too.
0: And that never addressed. I'm thinking about their song together, Paula and Lucy, the don't follow in my footsteps. And again, it's like, it's a really cute song, but it's also a song of like, don't do this, don't do that. But then it's like, well, what do you, what do you actually want for your daughter? Like, what do you want? What is this relationship like? Really? You know, and they're like, it's, it's, there's so much more, it could have gone so much deeper.
2: How would you if I decided to grow up to be a dancer, I would probably ground you till you're fifty while I thought about the answer. I wanna make my life on the stage just like you did. Find an original sin. Don't pick up any dancers. Dance. Don't pick up any actors don't follow in my footsteps
0: that's the place to begin it's a cute song but like there's nothing else for them really Um, yeah to build off of yeah
1: elliot gets that moment with her when when he asks lucy at the end um if if he can adopt her if he can marry her, her mom and that's a very emotional moment again you don't see a lot of that talk of yeah. adoption and and a new father in the picture yeah i really know. love
0: that song the uh, i think i can play this part i think that's one of the better songs in the in the show oh, yeah um yeah it is emotional um it's and it, i love to how even though you know we we're talking about the Richard the Third sequence, how problematic it is, he does have that moment in that song where he does sing a little snippet of "I I know I can play this part." Yes, um, so that's in there. It ties in.
3: My chance was ruined from the really
0: can play this
3: part.
0: And then how it comes back I, at the end when he's um, because it's now different, it's not
1: a stage part, it's a human Part. being yeah yeah and how
0: and it kind of uses that song to show how he's changed like it's not ju- it's not just about him in a role any in the he's not just trying to be an actor anymore like he has more in his life now that is important to him and like that's such a great way to you know tie those two things together by introducing that moment there and then bringing it back for a full song I think I can- One
3: that I've prepared for all my life I'll approach it with devotion Understanding and emotion Say the word cause I can't wait to start I'm sure I can play this part I'm a good study and I love to rehearse And I feel a strong connection Tell me what you need from me, I can take direction. I'm burning to play this part, and no one's ever longed to play it more. It's a role that I'm so right for, that I'm willing to fight for. We can both create a work of art.
1: This show focuses more on the relationship of the Mm father-daughter as opposed to the mother-daughter. You don't get that combination of asking my mom like real questions. I have real questions about who should I be? You know what I mean? I really want to be a performer like you. And and she kind of pushes that to the side like, you don't want to do that, which I feel like a lot of performer parents do. But wouldn't it be refreshing if she's like, okay, do you want to? Yeah, I, I can teach you. And I would like to see like a teaching moment there.
0: Yeah. Instead. Oh, that would be really cool.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let me show you how to tap dance because I used to be a tap dancer. Right. I was tapping when I was pregnant with you. You know what I mean? Okay. Like something like that, you know? Yeah. That would be oh, really
0: funny. That would be nice. Yeah. Then you
1: could bring out the dancers. <laughs> and she could be like, Mom, tell me the story about when you were pregnant and you still tap dance. And then all the dancers come out and, and they do the dance and then the daughter learns the dance or something like that. That would be actually kind of
0: fun. Yeah, I really <laughs> like that idea.
1: Oh, well,
0: <laughs> so many missed opportunities. Cause it
1: has potential. That's, that, I think that's why we like it so much. I think anybody who really likes it, enjoys what, what was made out of it and the creative aspect of it. But we know that there's more potential for it to become mm-hmm. a really good musical. You know, I do love the goodbye girl.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it was so great to talk about it, but let's let's move on to talk about a, another Marvin Hamlish show, uh, for why the why is this so good section? So we're gonna be talking about the song If he really knew me from their the show, they're playing our song. So uh why did you pick this song for the why is this so good section?
1: So after you know, discovering the goodbye girl, I was kind of on a kick of just listening to a couple of different Marvin Hamlish songs because I've heard the, you know, the typical ones, um, you know, the way we were. And, um, and so my mom and I were talking about, and they're playing our song because I'd heard the song on the radio before. So I was listening to the the song presentation in the Tony awards. And then Marvin Hamlish did a concert where he played his own music and sang some of the songs. And that was the song that came up and it was just so sweet. And And, and, and a really beautiful song, kind of like how will I win where it's the character, the female character in the show is saying, you know, uh, I don't know if I'm good enough for this person or if maybe he's not the right person for me. And it's just so pretty. I love love songs. So Mm -hmm. I've never heard of it before until like maybe two, three months ago. And I just, uh, I, I put it on my iPod because I couldn't I couldn't get enough of it. I just thought it was so pretty.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I do love this show too. And it's a show I've never seen. I just know, Thanks. yeah, I just know the cast recording and I saw that Tony performance, which I love this, not of this song, but of the song, uh, they're playing our song. Um, I saw that first and I was like, what is this show? I love it. <laughs> and And that that one didn't do well either so it did did a lot better than the goodbye girl i think yeah no i think it did well on broadway and then there was uh, some tours in london and stuff but yeah it's kind of disappeared like it um it did well at the time maybe but then like it's i it's like a product
1: of its time again it's like a 70s yeah
0: like i've i've seen like um like a production, a regional production will pop up here and there, but it's not something that um, uh, brings in the money. Because a lot yeah. of people are doing
1: shows that will bring in the money because yeah, of COVID.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's not. Yeah, it's not something that people really talk about. Like again, when Marvin Hamlish passed away, I think people more would mention this one than like the Goodbye Girl, but it still wasn't yeah. like up there as like one of his top shows or anything. Obviously, like a chorus line and stuff, but. But it's yeah, I wanted to choose something that was, it was still
1: Marvin Hamlish because yeah. I love him, but a little bit more obscure.
2: If he reads. side of me I seldom see if there were no music if his melody stopped playing would he
0: be the kind of man I'd want to see tonight it's a duet I mean it's there's two there's two singers I guess they don't do they ever sing together and I they,
1: think they are not in the same room. Yeah, I think I don't, but I don't. I don't think they sing the ending together. I think it's the
0: girl, then the guy. It's like two people singing basically the same thing, but yet they never sing together, um, which is
1: unusual. That usually yeah. that that doesn't always happen.
0: I mean, this show is so interesting because it's like a, another kind of like meta musical where it's like yes. about. So it's like about. This songwriting couple that's based on the songwriting couple who's writing the show. <laughs> it's like a trilogy.
1: It's like a chorus yeah. line, they're playing our song, and the goodbye girl.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the lyrics are by Carol Carol Bayer Sager. So they're they're a songwriting team in a relationship, writing about a songwriting team in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> um and this also it's complicated <laughs> and this also has a book by neil simon but yeah i really love this song too because especially the lyric um again like really simple love song but just like the question like like they want someone who will know them and like what would what does that mean like what would happen if mm-hmm. i had it's someone so pretty to compare like Contrast this with the goodbye girl lyrics because, as a since it's a different lyricist with Marvin's music, but like this is like no rhymes, there's no, no. right, like there's like no. No, barely any rhymes, maybe like a B and a me rhyme. That's bad. Yeah, it's, it's not more in a, a C, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, the lyrics are pretty straightforward as opposed to you know david would play a little bit more of that with the goodbye girl
0: yeah yeah but but i really love that that non-rhyme rhyminess also like it creates such a a song where you feel like you're just getting more to like the the heart of things i guess
1: yes Um, yes
0: because you really see like marvin worked with uh marvin Hamlish worked with a lot of different lyricists you know in his career Always, changes
1: the tone yeah of, it's of, like all the characters
0: changes, you know signature style music but yeah it it definitely brings something different to the table each time
1: um yeah because this one it doesn't see this one's a, a very you know sentimental musical it's not mm-hmm. vicious in any way as where yeah. the goodbye girl is kind of sarcastic
0: mm-hmm. in a way
1: so like you can tell the tone is definitely different
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well and also but they're playing our song like they're they're writing pop songs so they're they're um, the songs are kind of a, a little more in like a pop song of that time yeah uh, vain whereas like the Goodbye girl was a lot more like we're in a musical. definitely we're in a musical.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't sound 90s. Yeah the Goodbye girl doesn't have a score that sounds of its time mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't we're- go for that, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, that is true. And whereas this is very much like, you know, we want to evoke like, and a lot of that's in the orchestrations, but like, we definitely want to evoke like, that these are yes. pop yeah. songs uh, yeah. that they're writing since it's, you know, supposed to be songs they're writing of the time. Yeah. But back to the meta of it, but do it going deeper into these lyrics, like, so, does the man make the music or does the music make the man like... It's really I love getting, that. Yeah, it's really getting oh. like philosophical. Like, she's really you really see Does her. Does she really love
1: him, or is it the music that she loves that he's making?
0: Yeah, you really see her like thinking this through. Does the man- And then his part um would i be the kind of man she'd want to see tonight (laughs) what the hell it's just a dinner
2: (laughs) if there were no music if my melody stopped playing would i be the kind of man she'd want to see tonight what the hell it's just a dinner. If this doesn't work, that's it. And can I really be so hungry for a hit?
1: This seems it just, to be the emotional song of the show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting, too, like how colloquial it is with, uh, with those parts. Like, what the hell is just a dinner if this doesn't work? Like, you could, it's like, so
1: simple, but it's yeah. like those of life's moments where you're like, I want it to work because that, you know, it's the magic of love.
2: Maybe she will find me, the part I left behind me. Maybe she'd remind me of who I am.
0: Well, cool. Um, Should we move on to the next and final section? Uh, Something wonderful. Um, We're in the home stretch. Home stretch, yes. (laughs) Just uh, something that we're looking forward to in musical theater or uh, excited about, want to give a shout out to. So
1: mine is, um, I I love the musical uh, 1776 and Mm -hmm. the original musical came out in 1976 and then (laughs) the revival came out in nineteen. 96, 1997. And now they're going to do a whole female cast. And that was tried out maybe like five years ago when i had heard about it. And I went, Oh my gosh. Yes. Because I would always, I always wanted to be John Adams. I was like, <laughs> I would love to do that. And so I'm interested to see how this is going to go because that they're kind of wiping the slate clean. I think they have one person in the cast who is, um, who's transgender mm-hmm. and, uh, all different races across the board. And, um,
0: so I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with it. Uh, I don't have tickets for it, so I don't know if I'll get to see it, but Heather Christian's oratorio for, uh, living things, I think is what it's called is at Ars Nova here in New York.
1: I'm going to see Martin Short and Steve Martin this weekend because they're coming to Bethlehem. So I'm going to wear my goodbye shirt. Goodbye, girl shirt. Amazing. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I wonder if oh we'll see God. it from the crowd. Cause I'm going to be in like one of the first couple rows. So I'm just, I'm wondering how that's going to go.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like that could be good, good for them. Like to know that even though it was not a great, ex- maybe not a great experience that it still was like, some people you
1: know, appreciate your work, yeah, you know, people, yeah.
0: it, it made, it made an impression on a lot of people. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to throw like at least one pun in for the
0: show (laughs) exactly thank you all for listening to this episode of scene to song you can write to scene to song at gmail.com with a comment or question about an episode or about musical theater or if you'd like to be a podcast guest Love this podcast? Help it find more listeners by rating it on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. Follow us on Instagram at scene to song, on Twitter at scene song, and on Facebook at scene to song with Shoshana Greenberg podcast. Sign up for our monthly e-newsletter at scene to song The theme music you are hearing is by Julia Meinwald and check back here in two weeks for our next episode. Oh,